Womenology podcast, Sarah. Hey, Kristen. Hello, Sarah. How was your trail mix? <laughs> was it magical? It was. It's called Magic Trail Mix. <laughs> and you know what? I'll say this. And what's magic about it, people, is that it has M&Ms. Yeah. So it's like cashews and cranberries and raisins and mm-hmm. peanuts and M&Ms. Magical. It is. Doesn't it sound magical? You know, I enjoy, um, I mean, chocolate obviously has to be in, in trail mix, but I also like when they throw in the peanut butter chips. I uh, also, it was two for $5, Sarah. Yeah. And I'm looking right at it. <laughs> peanut butter cup trail mix. Whoa. That's, Whoa. I mean, that's super magical. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. That's like just hear me gulp my coffee. Hogwarts. <laughs> I brought uh, I brought a little bag, and when I go to the gym, I have this little plastic zipper pouch that I put my phone in. That I put I bu- I got the wireless earbuds. Mm-hmm. Oh, aren't they great? So yep. Oh my. Well, they're great. Except I'm, uh, compl- I'm just careless and a klutz, and so every ten minutes, one of them's falling out of my ears. But in any case, I brought the, you know, I bring the little plastic thing with the, and put the buds in when I have to take them out. And I brought a little uh, bag of Magic Trail Mix. And I had, a, a, you know, a handful right before my cycling class. And I've started to get back to the gym. Congrats. But you know what else I've done? And I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Have you heard of this app called Aptive? No. Okay. Now, we are not anywhere near popular enough that we could get sponsored. So, when I bring this up, I'm not being paid to bring this up. It's Aptive. It's a bunch of pre-designed workouts for really anything. Yoga, weightlifting, stretching, meditation, okay. treadmill, cycling. Mm-hmm. And because I can't get – I wasn't able to get to my classes because of the dog walking, mm-hmm. which was really starting to bother me because working out just – not only does it helps me physically and, and mentally, um, but it's I, I like the social aspect yeah. to it. So I downloaded this app. I think it's fourteen ninety nine a month, and now I can do all the classes that I used to go to. Like I used to take Elevate, and I'll still take it when I have when I have the window free. But now I can do these workouts on my own time. That does sound pretty great. It so is pretty equinox. great. Suck at Equinox and your shitty schedule <laughs> on 85th Street. So now that I've been able to get back to the gym, I went back to my – and I, there's the one class that I will always, always make is my cycling class on Tuesdays. And this instructor, his name's Avery Washington, and he's just fantastic. And he's – I believe he's a professional cyclist. He's he's phenomenal. And today I like was probably one of my best classes ever. And you know what I, you know what I attribute that to, Sarah? <laughs> my trail mix. My magic trail mix. Mm-hmm. In any case, so yeah, it was great, and uh, I'm so glad I found. I'm so glad I'm able. I'm 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 able to get back to the gym. But now, as we were talking before, I have to start writing again. Yeah. Yes, because I was having one of those existential crises <laughs> the other night. <laughs> I have a tendency to fall asleep early now and then wake up at one or two o'clock in the morning Mm. and Luke will just be literally just right, right next to me. Oh, she wakes up too? Uh, Well, she's, she crawls in, she's always in bed with me. Okay. 
if I lie, if I go to bed, Moon used to do this too. If I, as soon as I go into bed, she's up there. And she's not just up in the bed with me. She's right next to me. Which, you know, I don't know if any of y'all have those funny thing called hot flashes. Mm. Which I sometimes have when I'm not working out regularly. And when I am reg- working out regularly, I get them far less frequently. But having a 75-pound pit bull <laughs> next to you, when you are experiencing said hot flash, it's like a hot, hot flash. <laughs> In any case, I was lying there and I was thinking, this can't be it. Like this, you know, I need, I need to do something because this can't be the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, come on, it's time for that second act and plan B and all that. And and I thought of, since I was a little kid, I've wanted to write a book or write something, a screenplay, a book. I don't know. So I said, I have got to get back to doing that. I have to start making it a priority because it just, I need something to give me a bit of purpose, if that makes sense. It does. So, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, I bought a book um, this weekend about outlining, and it's it's really just like about outlining a chick lit book, and I think I, I think I just want to go light and have, like, do something that has, uh, have fun with it. Okay. You know, write a story that I have fun with, mm-hmm. and don't try and make it too heavy, and don't try and make it too serious, and just yeah. something that. I can, and I think I have to think of it as something that I can enjoy writing, and and, and like leave it at that. Like not, oh, is this going to be some sort of message, and we'll be there. Take will there be a takeaway, or yeah, you know, just something light, you know. Do you like writing short stories? I, I just like writing short stories, you know. I, but I mean, more, are you are you you're talking about a novel length work or? I don't, I mean, I'd like to write a book ultimately or a screenplay, but it probably wouldn't hurt to start with a short story, right? Well, and I was, I was thinking that way you don't, you don't really have to commit, right? Like if one day you're not feeling the storyline, just, just write a different story. Yeah, but there's a lot invested with writing a story. It's not as simple as write a story. You know, you really do have to, have to have that, that skeleton, that outline, you do well. I don't know if you have to. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's not um, it's not going to spring forth on its own, right? It's still going to be work, but it just seems less frustrating than writing a novel right out of the gate, right? So, plus, short story collections are kind of blowing up right now. Are they? I've read a lot of them recently. Um, I hmm. well, the last one I read was actually. Um, by the author of Cat Person, Kristen Rupinian, and it was outstanding. Was it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, it was called You Know You Want This. Oh, God. <laughs> was it, like, creepy or? Um, it, not in the way you're thinking. Okay. But there were some stories. It was a, it was a good blend of, um, magical realism and realistic storytelling Mm -hmm. and the cumulative effect was yeah it was it was pretty creepy but i'm into that (laughs) you freak (laughs) um and yeah i really enjoyed it all right 
uh, make sure to send me all the information that information for that. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. So I received a few more matches on Tinder, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to realize that, you know, like I'm getting matches and then I'm writing my matches and they're not writing back. And then I'm getting matches from men who are writing me back. Okay. And I get like panic attacks. I have a message from a guy. Hi, Kristen. Tell me about your psychology podcast, David. Because in my profile, I say psychology podcasts are my crack. Yeah. Oh, whoa. He changed his age. He's now 64. And I just feel like that's too old for me. He changed it from what to what? You know, for some reason, I thought it said 59. I don't know. Okay. But he's now 64. Oh, Luca. We hear you. I know you're there, girl. (laughs) <laughs> I'm divorced and looking for a long-term relationship. Like just writing that. You know what it you know what this is like? Remember when 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 Carrie tried on the wedding gown <laughs> and she got all panicky and and hivey? Yeah. That's it. That's how that's you the, feel <laughs> reading this profile. <laughs> take it off, take it off. That's how I feel. I feel as though I have an imaginary wedding wedding dress on and I'm getting all hivey. Like I I get panicky and I I will and, and I don't know. I can never tell if it's a hot flash or if I'm just having a panic attack and because I get I get my face gets really really hot. Oh. Well, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're not sure. <laughs> but uh, what if, you know, what if instead of uh if it is panic, what if instead of panicking over meeting or not meeting his expectations, you completely put aside his expectations and just think of this as for practice you know uh, that is that's certainly an option isn't it that's certainly an option and I, I think I have to do I think I have to do what I did with with Don which is I have to push through it well you know yeah I, I mean if you don't Nothing changes, right? <laughs> nothing changes. And as they say, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm. But I do. I get that. Profound. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's, I get that panic. And I remember having that panic with Dawn. And I remember being really, really glad that I pushed through that. But I'm going to have to do it again. It's that pushing through of, you know, oh my God, so wait a minute, somebody's available. It, and it's because it's, and this is, this is a sad realization. Available men trigger me. <laughs> they really do. They really do. <laughs> well, look, if it helps, we don't know that he's really available yet. Well. Why don't you just answer his question <laughs> and see if he responds? Yeah. His profile says uh, politically moderate. Okay. Are we are we okay with that? Um, I, I think that is meaningless. I'm politi- a moderate politically, but if you support the current president, we won't get along. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's probably, he's not probably, he's a decent looking guy, but 64, man. Ooh. Oh boy. I don't know. That's- I think you should just answer his question. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, 
why why don't you just have one panic attack at a time? Like, you know what? <laughs> but I think that that's a really good approach. Why don't you just have one panic attack at a time instead of trying to have a collective one? <laughs> right. Like you don't need to worry about his age. Just worry about the answer to the question. Right. Right. And then you worry about what is what if he doesn't respond to my responding, <laughs> and then once he responds, you worry about was like how how am I going to be witty this time? And then eventually you'll get to his age. But you're just not there yet. Right. And I think that's a really good uh, suggestion to think of it as practice. Yeah. You know, think of it as sort of, you know, the pushing through that fear and and facing the fear. Right. I mean, just because he's looking to lock something down doesn't mean it has to be you. Very true. Sarah, very true. And that's uh, that's one to grow on, Sarah. Very good advice. (laughs) Look at you. Look at you. It's almost like you're the certified dating coach. Uh, okay, Sarah. Mm-hmm. You sent me a story today <laughs> that has my head. Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I know. There are so many goons <laughs> in this story. <laughs> Creepy goons. Yeah. Do you want to you take this away, Sarah? It's a story called The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence. Mm. And uh, it's very long. It it is worth a read in its entirety. Mm. But in summation, <laughs> it, it's about <laughs> to summarize. Yeah, it, it's about um, this guy Larry, who moved in to his daughter's dorm when she was a freshman at Sarah Lawrence. And uh, I hear you. I hear you wanting to interject, but just 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 <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> um. So he moved in. After getting out of jail, and apparently before he moved in, um, his daughter Talia had prefaced his moving in with like a, a, a lot of talk about how her dad was a victim of a nasty divorce and her mom had been lying about him and all that, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, so he he's fresh out of jail. He moves in um, with his daughter in her dorm and this i don't i don't mean to be rude here but um like he might as well have moved into the american girl hospital because this house is full (laughs) of broken dolls yeah every single person that his daughter lives with is just vulnerable and fragile and um just looking to be led basically so he mm-hmm. does. Uh, he, you know, depending on who you ask, he he starts a little bit of a cult. And um, can you have a little bit of a cult? I think so, because it's only got what, like five or six people in it. All right. <laughs> and okay. also, I didn't know that he was only he only extorts. Um, how much does he extort? It's between two hundred thousand and a million, right? But we're not sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so basically, he he just starts manipulating all of his daughter's roommates and um, having them write out these confessions for very small perceived slights, like so and so broke a plate, right? But not only does uh, Daniel have to write an apology because he broke a plate, uh, he broke a plate, and he should have known that. That was damaging to Larry's 
business and well-being and whatever and and it just really spirals into this whole shit show of um larry taking control of all of these people's lives like they pretty much all turn on their families um and it's larry's not even like your average cult leader (laughs) he's he's got his own (laughs) philosophy well actually it's not his own philosophy but he he has a philosophy that he has co-opted that he's um ostensibly teaching these uh college students i keep almost calling them kids but they're not and i i want to be fair (laughs) about it they're all adults you don't think you don't think college students are kids they're not though they're they're Mm. not they're all as i said they're all vulnerable they're all fragile um this one kid daniel uh quoted us you just called him a kid oh i did uh well (laughs) fuck it we're doing it we're doing it <laughs> this one kid daniel um is quoted as saying something so funny part of why i got in a cult at all was because i had no idea how one finds a place to live in new york daniel i feel you i understand where you're at Does it, has he never heard of craigslist or <laughs> um you know college freshmen are easily overwhelmed Mm, definitely especially if you're away from home dude let me tell you something when i first and i'm listening to this story and i'm I'm, okay so when they say dorm what are they talking here is it like an off-campus apartment i did i did a little research okay i did a little research um sarah lawrence is there they have a ton of options for housing so they have dorms as most people would picture them which is to say like two beds two people right but the the college housing that these folks are in is essentially like a shared suite so it's like four bedrooms maybe two people to a bedroom a shared kitchen Mm -hmm. a shared living room so it's more like an apartment like a four bedroom apartment kind of thing but it is on campus housing which is important. Right. Well, yes, it is very <laughs> important because, you know, the school becomes somewhat responsible here. <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> I would, I would. Allegedly. Allegedly. I, I would argue that they are. Um, so Alan Green is the Dean of Student Life at Sarah Lawrence for now. Currently. <laughs> for the moment. And, um, yeah, he he did not respond (laughs) to the Mm -hmm. author's request for comment. Um, But he is quoted as saying um, when Talia, Larry's daughter graduated, that he was glad to see Larry gone. And the other mention of Alan Green in this story is um, basically him telling parents, he can't do anything about a grown man who is not a student living in student housing. Except he can. He can. (laughs) Except he, except he can. He totally I, can. I can remember my first year at Emerson, I commuted. And I was always staying at the dorms with my friends. Mm-hmm. And you had to be signed into these dorms. And you couldn't leave without the person who signed you. I mean, there was a process. Right. And it was to avoid the Larry Rays of the world. Exactly. Well, it was to avoid a lot of things. But it was to avoid somebody kind of like me who was not paying for board right. <laughs> but staying in the dorms all the time yeah. 
Um, so I cannot understand how this was allowed. Right. You know, why was there, is there no process of like, well, we need to make sure you don't have, you know, you're not Airbnb this place. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> you I, know? I am bewildered by the, <laughs> by how far this got. Um, yeah, it's just sheer laziness on the part of the administration. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I my sophomore year, I ended I like I just was doing poorly in my classes because it was my first year away from home. And because I had moved into the dorms and my father, now my father was big into my father was a teacher. He was part of the, you know, the MTA, the Mass Teachers Association. He was very very passionate about learning and he was also paying a pretty penny to send me to this tony college and uh when i failed one of my classes and my father i i i i can't even put into words how enraged my father was because i had come home and this is the first this is the first hints of when i had depression where and I failed this class because I wasn't going to class. I was sleeping yeah. a lot, and I I, di- I like I didn't want to get out of bed. And my father didn't know what the hell was going on. He thought something happened at the school, and my father was up there ass. Like my father was not going to allow, you know, not only not going to allow forget the money. Like he was worried something happened to me. So not only am I like, where the hell was the school administration? Where the hell were the were the families of these kids 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 they're kids well i mean this according to the story they called right they called the school and they just were all told repeatedly the father this father's allowed to visit his daughter that was that was the line this father's allowed to visit his daughter which is true but don't you think that there ought to be a policy that perhaps grown men who are not students are not allowed to sleep over (laughs) right where there are other young kids uh, and uh, other women and just (sighs) this is ridiculous and somebody needs to sleep i mean i like i hate to sound like i'm clutching my pearls here and like like i i get that college students have sex and like it's really hard to keep track of everyone going in and out of each other's rooms and stuff but like this is is a -hmm. grown man Fresh out of jail, yeah. Which I don't. Fresh out of jail. Which I don't think Alan Green knew, but I would imagine that some of the parents did, right? And I, I would imagine that some of the parents probably mentioned that. I, I don't understand how the other kids, uh, how the other uh, cohabitants of this suite weren't like, um, hi, your father just got out of jail and he's right. in the shower. <laughs> Or your father just got out of jail and he lives here. He's making pancakes. He's, he's, he's eating my Easy Mac. Can you, <laughs> you tell him the stuff? I put a post it on my yogurt and he ate my yogurt. <laughs> this isn't the commissary, Larry. <laughs> oh, good morning, Larry. <laughs> oh, no. There's Larry eating another bagel. My bagels that I bought. I I, I, I am really interested in um, just some of the policies at Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we need a little little revision, a little revamp. I am of these policies. I am interested because are there no RAs either? Hmm. That was the other thing. Like, isn't that doesn't every suite have somebody on like in there? Right. That's the point. Are there no RAs? Is there no residence life office? I mean, I don't. I don't. I just don't understand how this happened. There's a massive failure all around, uh, and what? How is it? What is his daughter saying? Like, well, his daughter is pretty brainwashed as well, right? She testified oh, against her mom and made all of these abuse allegations, which seem to be unsubstantiated. Um, mm-hmm. And she's she's Team Larry. Thank, thank all the way. God she didn't get into law school. <laughs> can you imagine now can she be could she i i imagine she could be tried as an accomplice no well i would i i don't know i mean i would think i think yeah. it would probably yeah. come down to her um you know her mental state she seems well she seems not really accountable for her role in this weirdly that's so funny i mean you'd think that her father the ex-con would have taught her accountability (laughs) (laughs) what's what really i think we should know too that um larry is a white collar criminal he's not um he's not a violent offender he went to jail as a result of um some sort of stock market um essentially yeah yeah um, he was also friends with uh, Bernie Carrick. And Rudy Giuliani. Who... <laughs> Which, just... I mean... All the signs were there, Sarah. <laughs> you know, that's an indication of character. Kind of what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what really was unsettling to me was that he got these young, these students to ad- admit to things that they didn't do. And that he would get them to reveal things... So that he could later use that information yeah. against them. Well, I mean, you know, this is this is Scientology, basically. Allegedly. It is. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> right, because he started out... Are they Theta Sevens? <laughs> he started out asking them about their childhood and mm-hmm. essentially would just grill them for hours until finally they would confess to traumatic things that didn't happen. Yep. So... I mean, that's well. That's right out things of the did, that didn't happen, Allegedly. like we're talking repressed memory here. Uh, no, things that didn't happen, like Daniel said, he crushed a bird. He never, he never crushed a bird. He and he well, knew he was well, lying at the time. He never started to believe that that happened. Daniel uh, may be a little bit of an outlier here because he's he's the one who eventually left. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems, yeah, seems seems like some of the other roommates or maybe did start to believe uh, that they had repressed memories because as we've mentioned, they turned on their families. Yeah. Repressed memories are a scary, scary thing. And there's a reason why they're, they're mostly um, widely dis, you know, dismissed in the psychiatric community. It's because the people are too suggestible. We're too suggestible. Well, and so many of them, ended up leading back to that one lady right who was pretty much single-handedly responsible for satanic panic it was that that yes. one lady who was working with teal swan mm-hmm. teal swan 
the cult leader. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, I know, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember. Uh, yes, uh, and it is, and and yeah, that's why repressed memories. That that's a, a main reason why, and a lot of people who use repressed memory when it comes to sexual abuse. Uh, it's you know it's a very very uh, sensitive touchy because again we're so suggest we're so suggestible that the way we're led to something in therapy a, a word anything can right. plant a seed. So this guy knew it's this guy knew exactly what he was doing. He did. He's been studying his uh, you know his teal swan and his Elron for sure. <laughs> Ugh, horrifying. Oh, and thank God that you told me that Mark Wahlberg has a da- has optioned this story. Because, you know, he's a champion. Yeah, he's a champion of women's rights. So uh, I'm so glad to hear that he is, he optioned this and that if it becomes a movie, he will be playing Larry Ray, the father. Thank God. Uh, and my big reason, I mean, I don't like Mark Wahlberg mainly because he wanted his, he nearly beat a man to death because he's a bigot, or at least he he was. He says he's not anymore, but I don't believe that. He nearly beat a man to death um, for something. I don't know what it was. And once he became famous, he wanted his crime expunged. You know, because he's now a famous white guy and he feels like, well, but I've changed. It's like, yeah, okay. And they said no, so fuck you, Mark Wahlberg, Never and you funky bunch. And <laughs> the other reason why I, the other reason why I don't like him, is a couple years ago mm-hmm. when when the the Me Too accusations came out about Kevin Spacey, and Kevin Spacey had just fi- finished filming a movie called All the Money in the World with Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott decided, and it was about a month before the mo- movie was scheduled to hit theaters, and Ridley Scott decided fuck you we're not having him in this movie turned around cast christopher Plummer to come in and reshoot all of spacey's scenes and so the cast included michelle williams and mark Wahlberg, and they had to come back to do Mm -hmm. some of the shooting and michelle williams said i'll come back you don't have to pay me just pay my per diem you know like the the fee per day so like you know to eat or to live or whatever and Mark Wahlberg uh, wasn't that generous. He wanted, he negotiated, I think, like an extra million, or he he negotiated quite a bit of money to come back for that filming. Hmm. Well, I'm sure he was busy. Right? Yeah, I'm sure he was super busy. And then once it came around and bit him in the ass, I believe he uh, decided to donate some of it. But you know what? Keep your money. We don't fucking need it. So I don't like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, now that we're talking about entertainment, do you have any final thoughts on this? I'm gonna watch the movie, the the the, the Mark Wahlberg movie if it I'm ever comes watch out. It. Yeah, this is frightening. It's so crazy. This story. It it it's just like everybody was asleep at the wheel. Nobody wanted to know what was going on. Nobody everybody stepped in. Everybody but Larry. <laughs> everybody but Larry. That's yeah. what the movie should be called. Everybody but Larry. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Mark Wahlberg. You can have that. That's a free. There you go. <laughs> From me to you. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Hollywood, did you watch the Oscars? Well, so, sort of. I watched um, a handful of reactions to Eminem. See, I have to say, I loved that performance. That song holds up. 
It does. And eventually people got into it. Um, but I understand why they were perplexed. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. I think the people my age, your age potentially, got into it. But, you know, Billie Eilish. What's, is that, what's her? Eilish? She, Eilish? Yeah. 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 She wasn't really yeah. getting it because she didn't know the song. And she didn't really know Eminem the way like we do. So she had all these baffled looks on her faces, but Chuchley, you know, Charlize Theron, who's rocking out in her seat. Yeah. I thought it was great. And I thought it was exactly what that boar fest needed. I mean, once, once it was explained, I got it. I didn't know that he had missed his, well, he, he got one shot and he slept through it. Apparently <laughs> he slept through his chance to, to uh, perform. Right. Um, and, well, and to accept an Oscar. Right, and I don't think it's that he slept through it. I think that that they didn't want, they didn't allow him on the on the telecast. Well, he, according to him, he was he decided not to go. He stayed home and took a nap. Hmm. Because he didn't think he was going to win. <laughs> oh my god! Really? Yeah. I mean, that's and that there was a story to it. And I knew that. I remember that he wasn't there, right, to perform it. And then when it, then it won. And I think that year there was only like three songs nominated too. <laughs> so it's like, dude, you had to know you had a pretty good shot. You didn't think it did. So <clears throat> I thought it was great. Um, the show itself, they had a an open with Chris Rock and Steve Martin. Hmm. That was all kinds of cringy. Well, Chris Rock, I thought was pretty good. Steve Martin, oh, just, I'm finding the, and I used to be so into these award shows. My friend Karen and I, every year, we're on the phone or we're texting or something mm -hmm. from red carpet to the end of the show. And now, you know, there's the occasional, oh, what did you think of so-and-so's dress? Oh, what did you think of the speech? Yeah. We don't, like, we're just not as passionate about it. Especially this year because I felt like I'm really bothered that Once Upon a Time in America in Hollywood was so well-received. Mm. And that Quentin Tarantino... Uh, is still a thing. Brad Pitt won for that, right? He won Best Supporting mm -hmm. Actor. Mm -hmm. um, what else did it win? I don't think it won anything major. Okay. I, I'm sure it, it might have won, like, I don't know, something like sound or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. The only one I know about is Brad Pitt. Okay. Um, did you see Parasite? Yeah. Now, not only did that win Best Picture, it won Best International Film. Yeah. And um, many, many there. white people are very upset about that. <laughs> are they? What What else? They feel it's unfair. Well, they feel it's unfair that they won both. Okay. Which well, I don't. What else was nominated for, well, either category? Do you know? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917. That's a movie that I don't, I'm like, I don't know anybody who's seen that movie. I have it's a, a war movie. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's seen it. And people are like, oh, that's going to win. It's like no, nah, it's going to Parasite. Like I knew, I predicted going into that, it would go to Parasite. Uh, what else? What else was up? Um, I don't even remember Parasite. What about the what international in category? Hollywood? Do you know it was in in that one? No, okay. not to oh, not top of my head. No. Okay. Well, I mean, this is definitely not the first time that one film has kind of swept multiple categories. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I'm just more remarking that I felt as though this year uh, was just not a great year for film. It was kind of a sleepy year, I thought. 
Yeah, and I, I'm I'm gonna say this, and it might be controversial, but I do not get the fascination with Greta Gerwig. Well, did she do anything? She directed. Has she done? She directed Little Women. Oh, I don't get the fascination with Little Women. Can we? Can we? Stop yeah, again, that? like how many interpretations <laughs> of that stupid story are we gonna have? Thank you. I don't care. It's boring. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't need don't care. it. I didn't ask for it. I don't know who asked for it. I'm not right. gonna see it. I don't want it. You can't make me. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't. And the cast too, like, Sorcy, uh, Sorcy Ronson. Oh, Sirsha, Sirsha, Sirsha. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't get the fascination about her either. Uh, well, she was in Greta Gerwig's other movie, right? Which was Lady um, Bird. Yeah, Lady Bird. Which I I saw, and I I thought that was fine. <laughs> but I didn't really get that either. Yeah, it, it was fine, but things, I didn't. Things I also don't get: Timothy Chalamet. Come at me. I don't get it. Who's that? Timothy Chalamet. You don't know who Timmy, Timothy Chalamet is? Uh, I don't think so. He was in Lady Bird. He played the young guy that. Um, uh, pronounce that again. Oh, Searsha. Searsha Ronson. Searsha. Searsha Ronson. Uh, he's got the dark, the thick, that thick head of hair. Oh, the young okay. boyish looking All one. Right. He was in Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Yeah, not getting that. Um, yeah. Do not get that. He's pretty at all. forgettable to me. Obviously. He is pretty forgettable, right? <laughs> um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was like a generic um, crush guy in Lady Bird, and he was right. perfect for that. Right, and then he was Laurie in Little Women. And I also I did remember a tweet uh, that I saw about him, even though I didn't remember his name. But the tweet said something like, "I know he's not nominated, but you guys didn't have to make him valet." Right with the way he was dressed, he was like wearing this. Yeah, I'm pretty looked, sure it was a satin jacket. He looked like Let's he was a jiffy lube, though. <laughs> he did, and he had a white shirt underneath, and he had. It was. It was like it, almost like a members only jacket. Yeah, it was terrible terrible yeah well i mean to him that's like really kitschy and yeah. fashion forward right let's yeah. let's talk about the clothes for a minute billy <laughs> porter <sighs> who gave you permission so uh, good you... all okay. the time <laughs> so good all the time all, all the, time. the time i feel like nothing will ever top his his dress from last year the tuxedo dress the tuxedo dress i thought was just well, that's what I thought, but then he brought in a single accessory and topped it. Now we're talking single accessories are topping full what, outfits, and I, what, I what, what was oh was the bag? What was the bag? The bag. Fuck said, you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> uh, I do like him. Um, I, I sometimes get a little tired of the, you know, what's Billy Porter going to wear? Because now it's I'm not tired you know, of it at all last year well last year you just didn't expect it when he showed up right. you're like oh man you were blown away and now that it's become an expectation now i feel like some of the shine is off of that but i do love that he comes out and he you know the more vocal critics are the more he's like oh the more flamboyant he is the bigger so he is great. you know what i mean yeah and that's and that's great he's so great uh, uh what did you think of natalie portman's cape she can go fuck herself, and here's why. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that was performative. <laughs> it is performative, and I'll tell you why it's performative. Because she owns a production company, and um, hmm, 
Weirdly, she's produced a number of films, and yet only one of them had a female director. And you know who that female director was, Sarah? Was it her? It was her. (laughs) (laughs) So she can suck my D as far as her little embroidered cape because she's another one along with Reese Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon who options a bunch of movies and always says in press how she just really wants to create option opportunities for other women but really she just wants to buy books that she yeah. can option that she that have a lead so she can play the lead right right like it helped me understand this whole the iTunes show that she's doing with jennifer aniston and she cast herself as the younger woman really oh no i i can't understand that yeah i can't explain that so the executive <laughs> and then she executive produced big little lies too and yeah. where the hell was she when the female director of big little lies too was being undermined by the male director from the first season mm, she was nowhere there you was, go thank you for saying playing that. young ingenue right so I don't want to hear it. So Natalie Portman, go shove your cape up your ass. I did we, like the cape, though. I mean, uh, the I mean, dress and the cape was a solid combo. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. But I don't want to hear it. Like, we get it. One time, a couple years ago, you made a statement with a speech and said, here's a list of the all-male nominees talking about the directors. Mm-hmm. Good for you. That was, you know, she snuck that in. It was bold. But yeah. this, nope. But you got to put your money where your mouth is, and she doesn't do that. Well, you know who won an Oscar? Not many women. (laughs) Laura Dern did. Okay. Love Laura Dern. We all know this. We all know it. But I was reading a a thread on Twitter. Now, there's a reason why Laura Dern is so beloved in the LGBTQT plus community. Is there? There is. Okay. Now, Laura Dern played Ellen's love interest in the episode where Ellen DeGeneres came out on her show. Oh. This is, what, 20 years ago? Okay. Did you know that Laura Dern was blacklisted just for no. doing that episode? No, I had no idea. She was blacklisted for years. That's pretty Could wild. Not, couldn't get work. Wow. So that's why the LGBTQ... Wait, 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 wait. Isn't this roughly the same time that Roseanne was on before Roseanne was a Nazi? And um, she had on... Uh... Sandra Bernhardt and yeah. Mariel Hemingway? Yes. Thank you. No, that was a few years earlier. Well, if that was earlier, why is Laura Dern getting blacklisted? I don't understand. Uh, because when Roseanne and Mariel Hemingway had that kiss, the camera cut away. They didn't show it. That's it? That's the only difference? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Also, too, because neither women were actually gay. Okay. In the Roseanne situation, and Ellen was. Okay. Um, which is why I, I like apparently hmm. in the LGBTQT plus community, pe- very many people feel Ellen DeGeneres sort of turned their backs on them. Yeah. Because she's changed. And apparently, like, she has a reputation for being a real asshole. <laughs> apparently. Well, she has a lot of money. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, that makes sense. Right? <laughs> Usually <laughs> happens. Right? So, I love that Laura Dern won. It was my uh, one of my favorite speeches of the night. Yeah, it was really nice. I was so nice. glad. It was so. It was just so nice that she was there with her mother. Yeah, uh, she's clearly so well liked, and I think it's deserved. And I think she's one of the few celebrities that deserves the praise and, and the and the has the the reputation that they do. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. 
you know, I, I I will say that I was I got very choked up at the part at the end of his speech where he bring brought up his brother. Okay. Because people need to remember he was there when River Phoenix died. He watched River Phoenix die. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he was there when River Phoenix had he was overdosing. He just dropped to the street and Joaquin Phoenix was there and there was nothing he could do and people really need to understand how traumatic that is. Sure. I mean, it's traumatic to lose a sibling, but to stand there and watch them die. So when people talk about like how odd he is, yeah. I mean, aside from being raised in a cult, he went through that. He watched his brother die. But to hear him, he couldn't even say his brother's name. And that I found that really that really gutted me. Yeah. You know, I felt for him. Um, his speech was a little rambly, but at the same time, he's been he's he's always been somewhat political. He just hasn't been really um, vocal about yeah. it. Meaning, like like on a big platform. You know, his family's always been pretty political, uh, and he's always been very much about um, animal rights. True. That whole family True. is. Um, so his speech was a little... Uh, and also, he's friends with Casey Affleck, and I don't know that people really... Um, his, Casey Affleck used, used to be married to Joaquin Phoenix's sister. Okay. So there's some stuff there. I don't know what the deal is. Like, he even said, you know, I was a scoundrel. So I'm like, mm, let's dig. Let's find yeah. out more about that. <laughs> Um, Renee Zellweger, oh, girl. Oh, yeah, she won. What yeah. We, she won. Glad she won. I like her. Her speech was rambly as fuck. Okay. Well, uh, I probably would be too. What are you going to do? I probably would be too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you get a little overwhelmed in those moments. Um, Brad Pitt, his speech was great. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else. I'm, I'm really hoping now that we can end the whole will they or won't they get back together thing oh god. <laughs> right oh my god jesus christ that can we also get rid of the friends reunion i haven't talk? heard anything about that is that happening oh no no matthew perry now is on an instagram and he wrote some cryptic tweet about big news coming and apparently there's talk of them doing a reunion show on hbo uh, max i'm just like why 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 Eh, why? why not? I don't know. People will watch it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, but also something to, for people to keep in mind is that the majority of that cast, with the exception of Aniston and Lisa Kudrow to some degree, they've had very a very hard time collectively like moving past these characters. I have not seen and they Courtney really- Cox in very much at all. She was in a show called Cougar Town that I loved, she uh, but it only lasted for like, I don't know, five seasons, I think. But that was like 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, what's his face? Matt, um, Matt LeBlanc. Uh, yeah, he's Joey. in something now, right? He was. He was in something on CBS that lasted like two seasons. I don't know if it's still, I don't know if it's coming back. But he was in another show called Episodes, but he was literally playing himself. He was playing Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Kudrow did the comeback and did uh, web, what's it called? Web TV or something where she played like a, a web therapist. Hmm. And she was great. Like she's the, really the only one I think who's been able to create a character outside of her friend's character. Whereas everybody else is just playing their yeah. friend's character. So, uh, and that includes Aniston. Uh, in any case, the Oscars, I think we're done. 
Yeah. You done with that? Ready for next year. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting. For, ready for next year. Okay. Uh, so I sent you an article from you did. Medium. And Medium really it should just be called navelgazing.com yeah. because that's really all it is. It's just a bunch of bored people uh, like ruminating about stuff. I mean, you say that, but there's a there's a darkness to this article <laughs> that I I I find a little disturbing. Even the accompanying photo is kind of unnerving. Yeah, this the the article is called "I Think About My Husband's Former Wife" by Tara Blair Ball. Yeah, and doesn't doesn't the photo just give you like Tanya Harding vibes? Yeah, well, it's the ponytail. Uh, now, I knew I was in for something when I read. I always go through the author's uh, archive. You do. You're good about that. To get an idea of. You know, give me, give me, give me as much stuff to hate on as possible. <laughs> or well, like, give, give me a fuller picture. Give me context. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, she, this woman's kind of hateable. Um, whereas every essay is about make women like you or how to know if a woman's into you or how I met my husband on Tinder and shit like articles like that honestly make me want to punch a fucking wall because they're just <laughs> humble brags. Congratulations. I married my booty call. Good for you. Good yeah. for you, honey. Her whole um, repertoire, if you will, is really just about men and getting men to like you and l telling men if letting men know if you like them or dating online yeah. and online dating apps. But there's a whole section on uh, what an absolute train wreck she is as far as relationships go. <laughs> and she, you know, has written a number of essays about how she cheated on her ex-husband. Right. And this essay, I think about my husband's former wife. And she opens by saying, there are two sides of every story you've more than likely heard. What side we choose to believe says a lot about us. The story I chose to believe is that my husband married his former wife out of convenience instead of love and that she cheated on him with another woman's husband. I okay. choose not to now. I, I have to stop there, and I find that <laughs> I in, that's an in, that's interesting phrasing, right? Like it's not. I don't want to slam her just for cheating. I want to slam her so that all the women reading this will really hate her. Like what? Well, yeah, I don't understand why she needs to believe that they didn't love each other. Like, w why wouldn't you believe that they loved each because other? Because this, oh, you know, we'll get to it. But I'm just gonna, <sighs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I choose not to believe that my husband married a woman he did love. I choose not to believe that he became a workaholic and didn't give his spouse the time and attention she likely needed and may or may not have asked for. Then starve her intimacy. She sought it in the arms of another married man. She really, really, like, really wants to drive home just how awful this other woman is. If you haven't picked up on that. It was pretty subtle, but I, I was starting to pick up on it. Yeah. But just because it's a story I choose not to believe doesn't mean I don't pay attention to the morals. I don't believe in talking wolves, but I do believe they can teach children not to talk to strangers and obey their parents. Whatever. That, I, whatever. That second narrative reminds me to be honest, be kind, take responsibility, and keep my promises. Positive lessons for a successful marriage. There's more to that quote I mentioned earlier. I've never met my husband's former wife. I've just seen her from a distance. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I've just seen her from a distance a handful of times outside the home she shares with her husband. What? The affair partner that she has now been with for a decade. Notice how she has to keep reminding everybody that this woman cheated on her husband. Yeah. Both of their marriages ended after the affair came to light, and then they married each other. And what's really, really amazing about this is that the author cheated on her husband. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In all the times I've seen her, she has never looked happy. I find I'm curious about her. I think my husband's first wife and I probably aren't all that different. Maybe we both married men we believed we could change and then whose actions precipitated us leaving them in our own irresponsible fashions. I too cheated on a husband. But she and I made different decisions following our divorces. I left my affair partner after a couple of months and struck out on my own. She married her again. Now here she's comparing them. Right. Right. Uh, well, I moved on. I learned from it. She married hers. I would have never married mine. The reality of my affair partner was also a three-edged sword. He was a composite of whom he actually was, the traits he had that my former husband didn't have, and whom I wished he would be. Blah, 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 blah. Me, me, me. I, can I pause this here to say, like, it's it's kind of worse to say you never would have married your affair partner, right? Like, that kind of makes the cheating worse. Right. It's like, well, why, like... Were you just cheating to cheat? Or like, it's one thing if you cheated with someone that you deeply fell in love with and they were like, they were right for you. Sure. Which it seems like is what happened with this other woman and her husband of over a decade. (laughs) That the author keeps referring to as a fair partner. (laughs) Yeah. Point taken, Sarah. I kind of want to sit down across from my husband's ex-wife and ask her things. How was it married to my now husband? Did you love him? Why did you cheat? What drove you to it? Are you glad you did? How did you feel about your cur- how do you feel about your current marriage? Was it the right choice for you then? What about now? I know there's a middle closer to the truth that I don't know and likely never will. When I think of my husband, I'm grateful his former wife fucked another man. <laughs> wow. I'm grateful his former wife fucked another man. If she hadn't, he might still be married to her or he and I might have never met. I don't enjoy that she never looks happy when I've seen her. Yes, you do. But I'm glad. <laughs> you definitely do. Yes, you, definitely you mentioned do. it again. But I'm glad that she wasn't happy with my husband. <sighs> wow. Wow. Which you don't even know, right? Because right? you haven't talked to her. You haven't sat her down for this imaginary interview. <laughs> For some reason, weirdly, it's fun to imagine. There's something, though, in my desire to want to sit down with her. I'm a touchy person, so maybe I'd put my hand on her arm and say, did you love him truly? I just want to know her a bit, this other woman who once also called my husband, my husband. <laughs> I have felt something each time I've, I said my wedding vows, a joining of some sort. I'm not religious enough to believe it, but if God did join me the first time I married then it makes sense why when my first marriage ended, it felt like something someone ripped me apart without using anesthesia. Getting, getting married a second time felt like being made whole. Hmm. If God joined me each time I married, then maybe my f- husband's former wife and I are, are, bound to, are bound to because of the vows we made, we both made to the same man. Nope. Nope. That's not a thing. <laughs> Not a thing. But really, I think it's most... She just wants a sister wife. Yeah, right. 
But really, I think it's mostly my desire to possess my husband that feeds my desire to know his former wife. It's a little cannibalistic, a little cute, wanting the whole truth of their story as if I could eat it, pick the skeleton of it clean to know there's nothing left of that love because I've gobbled it all up and eating maybe possessing my husband's lo- love solely. I bet the moral... Perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. <laughs> totally rational. I bet the moral lesson for that narrative would be the same as for the, the old lady who swallowed a fly. Never swallow a horse. There are things I'm just not meant to know, so I will tend to my own bed. When not writing about it on the internet. Right. This is why medium is... Medium is... This is really where people like this go to just write the most navel-gazy, self-important, self-obsessed bullshit. <laughs> this, is, this essay is really upsetting. It's upsetting, right? <laughs> really upsetting. <laughs> because she's trying very hard to sound like she's not being competitive and that she's not being bitchy and catty, but that's exactly what she's doing. She's being bitchy and catty and competitive and, th- and feels threatened and feels insecure. And she wants to know what her husband may or may not have done Right. to cause that. Yeah. I I think it's um, perfectly normal when you first meet somebody to be curious about what their exes are like. Because mm-hmm. I think to some extent, people's exes are, they can be informative if you, mm-hmm. if you have access to that information, right? Right. Um, but also, it's way possible <laughs> to read too much into that information and think that you have an understanding of that situation that you weren't involved in and really you're probably better off coming to everything fresh which is why we don't ask questions like how many sex partners have you had right right like you just don't ask that question just don't need that information knowing it is not going to help you it's only going to cause more problems Right. And it's it's weird that the ex-wife has now been married for over a decade and she's still imagining interviewing her. It's like yeah. that woman has moved on. Yeah, this woman's not thinking about you or her ex. She's probably really happy because your husband's a piece of shit. Also, how about you? How maybe about she looks unhappy because for some reason you're outside her house looking at her, <laughs> her house. In her night vision goggles. What? Are, what? <laughs> we just. I love how she throws that. that in, but doesn't. But doesn't explain it. <laughs> we really glossed over that. Uh, we no really of like handing off kids or anything. So yeah. What? What? What is the situation? Yeah, uh, it's just fucked up. Also, so, yeah, how many? How often do you go around your home smiling? Like I don't know, man. Especially if you have kids, you know. I mean, she right? probably like, didn't even you, get a full night's sleep. Do you look happy sleep. when you're unloading the dishwasher? Right. <laughs> I don't. This I can't with this. This essay is <laughs> awful. It lacks self awareness, and thank God these women laughs of these people. I shouldn't say women. These people lack self awareness because they give me hours of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that is true. So. Yeah, she sucks. This other sucks. This story is stupid. Uh, and uh, she's just threatened by the ex-wife. And she's worried that something happened it with just, her. She doesn't trust her ex-husband. It just sort of reeks of an insecurity in her 
marriage, right? Like, because if if yes. you feel the desire to possess someone, it might be because you feel like if you don't hang on tight, they'll slip away. Well, that and if you feel compelled to write essay after essay, <laughs> <laughs> that may be an indication <laughs> about how you met your husband, how you met your husband as a booty call, how you met your husband on Tinder, uh, you know, how many times, how you cheated on your husband, who you cheated with. And if like, if all of, if the majority of your writing revolves around men, guess what? Guess why you do that? Guess what's going on there? It's that much of your identity revolves around men. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I just find this really upsetting. <laughs> It's a very upsetting, and the most upsetting part of it is how disconnected from reality she is and how lacking in self-awareness she is and how she just, it's almost so obviously uh, fake and disingenuous. It's like, you're not fooling anybody. It's insulting that you think anybody believes that you're, you just want to be, you just want to know this woman that you're not threatened by right. her. And it just, it so much time has passed. It It just... <laughs> This is a crazy thing it. to write. Ten years yeah, into your second marriage. Yeah. So Tara, Blair Ball, I see you, bitch. I would really I would really <laughs> like a companion piece uh, from the ex by the ex-wife. Yeah. Right? <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be fun as a little writing exercise? Not to mention, and again, that's a very good point, because if you think for a second that the ex-wife probably didn't see this like that's part of the reason why she writes this shit too i mean somebody somebody definitely sent it to her yeah of course Some, somebody definitely was like tara's at it again right because <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a, lot. a chardonnay girl here that's we go the, <laughs> that's the other reason why that's the other reason why people write these essays and then they post them on Facebook. So like, like XO Jane, when they would write, you know, like tr trash their family or trash an ex-friend and then post on Facebook, it's like, you know, you always could have written this anonymously and still yeah. gotten paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you wanted it out there with your name attached so that this person that you're trashing will read it. We see you. <laughs> okay? We see you. All right. Speaking of seeing people, this woman was seeing a guy and now she's no longer seeing him. <laughs> what a mystery. What a mystery. So Bella writes in. It's a dating question. And, and I, I kind of missed this. So I, I feel like we have to bring it back. Hmm. Yep. Dating question time, people. <laughs> so Bella writes in and she says, I've been dating this guy for a few weeks. Our last date was Saturday. <laughs> our last date was Saturday, our fifth date, and wanted to get your perspective on whether or not I'm blowing this out of proportion in my mind. Everything has been moving along fine with us. We're just getting to know each other. And on our most recent date on Saturday, I met his friend and friend's girlfriend. We had dinner, went to a party and checked out a new lounge in the city. I also ended up spending the night. While we didn't have sex, we definitely fooled around and did everything but. He dropped me off yesterday morning and an hour or so later, I sent him a picture that a friend took of us that was taken a few days prior when we went to a marketing agency launch event. He didn't respond. Complete silence. Meanwhile, he's been active on the online dating site where we met. Oh. I know he's sending me a clear message that we're done, 
but I guess it's unsettling that I thought I knew him and it would dissolve so soon. Any thoughts or advice? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, my my thought is this guy got tired of everything but mm-hmm. because he's an adult and he'd introduced Bella to his friends and really tried to make it a point to in, you know incorporate her or show that he was incorporating her into her life, mm-hmm. into his life. He's making, he was making attempts. He was trying and she was still holding off. And I think he got tired of it. Yeah, that's what I think too. This is an easy one. And this is an easy one. This is a gimme. And it's a little bit shocking that she doesn't realize this. Like she doesn't go there. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe she's very good looking and most people wait more than five dates. I don't know. Maybe. And you know, here's the thing. If you wanna wait to have sex, do it. Have sex when you're comfortable having sex, whether that's one date or ten dates or whatever. But if you if you wait to 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 make sure that he's invested or to test him in some way, please understand that men are hip to our ways. Yeah, and they know when they're being tested, and they they tolerate it <clears throat> or endure it to a point, and then they say, "Screw you guys, I'm going home," and they're done. But it's very different if you say to them i just wait i like to wait i like to get to know somebody before i have sex with them that's i'm just more comfortable with that that's very different and i think when you communicate and use your words and tell somebody this is how i roll it's not about you this is just my process and you know i hope you can respect that sort of preemptively i think when you when you put that out there early on I think you have more luck, so to speak, of uh, being able to enter into a physically intimate relationship at your own pace when you're comfortable. Yeah. I think you just have to mention it, right? It can't become an elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. Right. Just say the words. (laughs) And the other distinction to understand is that for men... And I, and I say this, and I'm always afraid of sounding very cool girlish when I talk about, when I sp- speak as though I'm an expert on men. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not an expert on men. I've just, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've, t- you know, and as I said in the essay, in the, in my response, you know, I have my field research. I've been in the field for yeah. many years. And one thing I learned was that to many men, everything but and all the way, there's no distinction you know well there's some distinction cuz he he's ghosting over it um well, well there's no i don't think there's i think that's why he's ghosting cuz he's like there's there's no difference what's the difference like if you go down on me or you know you have sex with me in my mind they're the same they're both equally intimate mm-hmm. so and that's what i think's going on that i think a lot of women need to understand is that to men to many men there's no difference you know one is not more intimate than the other one is not more um more of a prize more of a prize yeah yeah like like if you're fooling around you're fooling around if you're staying sleeping in this bed you're sleeping in this bed and 
they just don't see the difference. And you have to understand that if a guy's the type to think you're a slut for having sex after two dates or three dates or whatever, he's going to think that no matter what, no matter how long you wait, and no matter what you do. Yeah, he came into this thinking you were a slut. <laughs> it's not anything you did. He just thinks all women are slut. That guy, meaning the, the hypothetical guy, not the guy in this story. Oh, no, no, no. The, the hypothetical guy just thinks all women are sluts. Right. So usually when we're, when we're holding off or when we're, we're trying to make sure uh, somebody's invested, uh, I think it's because we sense something about them that they will, you know, they will reject us. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. In any case, what happened here, I think, is that your guy got tired of being tested and bailed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that too. And I I think deep down she knows that because she doesn't mention that it was their fifth date for nothing. Right. Good point. Good catch. I didn't even catch that. I think she knows. She just wants confirmation. Yeah, but I think she also wants confirmation that he's being a dick about it, that he's like being a baby um, because she's not having sex. And, I, and I, I'm kind of on his side here. I mean... I'm on both their sides, but I see his point. I am too. I, like they, they just someone should have acknowledged it and been like, right. "You know, I've noticed we're not having sex." You know, I'm, I've noticed you <laughs> let me finger you, but you won't. Can't help but notice. I can't help but, I can't help but notice <laughs> that my penis has not been in your vagina. <laughs> have you have noticed? You, you noticed that? It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. Uh, Are we on? Are we on the same right. page? Right. This is definitely a case of this is why this is where communication comes in, and this is where. You know, you have to, it's really important to say to somebody, you know, this is, this is just how I roll and this is how I do it. And either they right. respect it or don't. And if they're into you and and they know you're sincere, they'll wait. Yeah. If they're not. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, if you're doing everything, but you're pretty close anyway. Yeah. Right? Might as well just not gonna have to wait throw long. the vagina in there. <laughs> Might as well throw it into the Just throw the B and V. Add it to the menu because <laughs> you know, like your mouth, his penis has already been in your mouth. Game over, sister. Yeah. Okay, Sarah. I think there's our T-shirt. What? Game if over. Your penis. If his penis has already been in your mouth. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Merch, merch, merch. <laughs> All right, Sarah, any final yeah. thoughts on anything we've talked about? Uh, stay away from Larry Ray. <laughs> stay away um, from Sarah Lawrence College. Don't don't let a grown man move into your dorm room. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Fuck Natalie Portman and her cape. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, use your words. Lessons, your words. lessons to live by. Follow us on the things, Womenology Pod. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram, the Kristen M. Follow us. On, you've already got the Instagram for Womenology Pod. But you can me follow on me on Instagram if you want to. I don't care. Do you want to tell them how? Uh, it's the number one Sarah with an H G. So one Sarah G. Woo! Sarah's coming out. All right, people, follow Sarah. Follow <laughs> Game me. Game over. Game over. <laughs> and. Good night. <laughs> What'd you say? And Jesus. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>